welcome to MGO Podcast 14.17. We can explain it all. It's all Seth's fault. Seth and the Devil, coming up on MGO Podcast. All right, Seth, we have at times theorized that the universe is a simulation, and in specific, it is a simulation in which we are in an OSU teenager's NCAA football dynasty. I think it's pretty clear that that was true for a long time. <clears throat> right, and uh, uh, now we may be in a different simulation, and that's one in which one of those like message boards devil's bargains... <laughs> Is real, like okay. The, the devil, yeah, approached. If the devil is on a message board, I'm a Michigan guessing... fan. Well, devil, okay. the devil's on every message board. True. I mean, that's sort of the whole point, right? <clears throat> he approached a Michigan fan, and he was like, you know, devil guy sixty nine exclamation point. Hey, Michigan fan, would you take this deal? Back to back Big Ten championships, beat Ohio State. But then the basketball team is kind of assy again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it was you. <laughs> you did it. Well, I mean, it could have been a lot of me's. There are, there are quite a lot of people out there who would have taken that bargain. Don't, but, tell, don't, I mean, don't tell Jawan Howard that we would do that. But, <laughs> we would absolutely do that. But it's just amazing. You, know, you get the, uh, the first... You know, win over Ohio State, be, be, win the Big Ten thing in a while, and this, uh-huh. the basketball team just sort of limps into the tournament. And then they get the suit 16, you're like, well, maybe. And then this year, it's just like, Whoa. So I'm at the point where I was watching the game against Minnesota uh-huh. as we record this. To, it was today. And I'm mostly just thinking about what all this means for next year. Because. Yeah. I, I mean. Yeah, it was at the point where when Jet went out today. Oh yeah, and then yeah, it was even before Jet went out. And Jet went out, and I was just like, "All right, yeah, like okay, well now now it's the Karis year." Uh, the well, I was actually thinking about the it was the double injury year. Yeah, it was Karis, and it was uh, Dick Walton, and uh, you had like Spike running the point, Zach Irvin trying to be your secondary playmaker, and Michigan very understandably does not go to the tournament that year. I mean, they also had other issues other than that. Yes. Like, center was Ricky Doyle and Max Bielfeldt. But I put up, uh, I mean, we could, I guess, talk about the most recent two basketball games, but it sort of seems beside the point. Uh-huh. Like, uh, we could talk about what happened in the Minnesota game against the Minnesota Gophers. Or we could look sort of more holistically at why we are where we are right now in the basketball program. I put up a piece on this on the site on Friday. And I think, well, I obviously think it's true because I wrote it. Uh, But so I think you have three major factors. Okay. One is that huge recruiting class from last year was fool's gold. Because you get the two guys who are one and dones in a situation where it's like, (laughs) like, they weren't even very good in college. Oh, well, if you got them back this year, maybe it's... Right. Yeah. And then you then you you had some growing pains and you get them back this year and you you're able to like 
benefit from the kind of assy season you had a year ago. Right. Because those guys improve and they play more and they, they get better and they advance as players. Instead, both guys go to the second round of the draft. And I think Caleb Houston is now in the G League. He's averaging about – I mean, I looked up at their stats. They're both averaging about four minutes a game. Right. Uh, Which isn't that surprising for Diabate because he was supposed to be a developmental guy. Anyway. Right. And, you know, Diabate, I don't even know if he could get NIL because mm-hmm. he was foreign. And there was some thing about Sheboy where they managed to get him some sort of document right. where he was able to get NIL. And honestly, it could be the same thing for Houston because Houston's Canadian. So, I mean, possibly. It, if I think Michigan could have gotten it done, another school probably could have gotten it done, and Michigan was, you know, not looking I, I out of that. Had to be I don't know thing. about that. I mean, the one thing that we we heard is that Dibate just wanted to never go to a class again in his life. Listen, <laughs> I and I took I took college courses in France in French, and it sucked because yeah. like you miss something. I'm not. I'm not. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying just some guys just aren't. Inclined to come back for reasons that NIL can't fix. Right, but it's not like but he doesn't like case, school. It's just like that's really hard. You if get that's these, not your native language. These top ten players, but I remember watching um, Nasir Little mm-hmm. at UNC, and Nasir Little didn't start. He was like, you know, twenty minutes a game, fifteen percent usage guy. Goes in the lottery. Goes in the lottery for one reason. Because there are a limited number of NBA bodies on the planet. Right. And he has a very good one. Mm-hmm. And that's <clears throat> about where Diabate was at. Like, he's a guy who is one of those very limited number of people on the planet who could hypothetically be an elite NBA defender. Right. And I would, I you know, I feel so burned by this because it was like, Michigan's not going to get this five star. They're not going to get this five star. They're not going to get this five star. And they finally get a couple of them. And it's just like, oh. Huh. <laughs> and there was, and I mean, we had a whole year before that. We were like, glad we got Chandy Brown instead, because that was. Well, <laughs> yeah. Like, that was. If you're looking for a one and done, Chandy mm-hmm. Brown was a much better pickup than Caleb Houston was. Yeah. And you'd never. You'd never perceive that if you just look at recruiting rankings or anything. But, oh, but I mean, that was our. Was it Isaiah Todd? No, it wasn't Isaiah Todd. It was. Uh, Guy went to Arizona State. Oh, uh, uh, Josh Christopher. Josh Christopher. Yeah, and Christopher had a terrible season. Well, you have to like factor in the Bobby Hurley offense. Well, sh- sure, but like even I'm, in the Bobby I'm, Hurley offense, he was not. He didn't look like he was going to be better than Shawnee Brown that year. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't like just in terms of a fit, like he had more usage and stuff like that. But just in terms of like who I would rather have had on the team, right? Shawnee Brown by a mile because Shawnee Brown was also a lockdown defender, mm-hmm. and. <clears throat> I don't know. Like, if Michigan is in on one of these guys, I mean, I don't want to get a one and done who's going in the second round, right? Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want a one and done who's like just the best athlete in the world. Like, I want a one and done if you're going to have one who is actually like going to go in the lottery. You want a Zion? Yeah, that'd be nice. But I mean, I, did we get in on this whole one and done thing too late? Because like the market's changed dramatically. Well, I don't know. I mean, just just for me personally, like the that recruiting class, you have one guy in it who's making an impact on this year's team, and it's Kobe Bufkin. Yeah, and was Kobe Bufkin? Kobe Bufkin was ranked forty sixth in the composite. Kobe Bufkin was very young, mm-hmm. so Kobe Bufkin is a guy who's not in a rush to get to the league because he's been held back and he's already nineteen or twenty by the t- time he hits college. 
you get some time to develop him. You get some time with him on the team, and he's in that sweet spot where he, he's not top 10. Right. So the NBA, you got to prove it to the NBA first. Right. You got Trey Burkett, and you got Nick Stauskas, and those guys didn't actually make it in the NBA because they're not. I mean, Burks cr- had an NBA. An, he's had a NBA career. career. Yeah, yeah, but he, he hasn't like lived up to his draft status. Yeah. Um, and that's what I want. I want NBA draft busts. <laughs> um, I, I mean, that was a thing. That's been a theme since Beeline, right? Yeah. That like, that was Beeline was actually kind of over recruited because the Stauskas was supposed to stick around three years and just got good in two. And Trey Burke is like a guy we steal from Penn State, yeah. and then like, okay, he blows up into the. It was a program of Ojabo. Yeah. Ojabo the program. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, you know he did like Franz is is a legitimate. Very good NBA player, mm-hmm. and Livers is uh, a reasonable bench player in the league, and he stayed four years, and he got drafted in the same area that Houston got drafted. And which one of those guys would you rather on the team? And where was Isaiah Livers rated? Like around there? <laughs> I think yeah. he might have been 80th or something. I think he was a little. Oh, bit he was even down. lower than that. Like, but <clears throat> he was in the hundreds. Just in terms of like where I want my recruits to be, 50th. That's where Hunter Dickinson was. So, but anyway, back to this recruiting class. And then the other part of it is Frankie Collins. So right. Frankie Collins, Michigan recruits a combo guard because they have three guards on the roster. And Frankie Collins is like, ah, I'm out of here, which is, <laughs> I don't know how you can predict that. Other than the fact that he transferred every single four, year. Yeah, he had four different high schools yeah. in four years. And I'm yeah. so like, maybe, maybe that's something you need to factor in there too. He but sits just down like, to go to the bathroom and he's like, am I going to finish this here or am I going to kind of move well, to the bathroom? Well, but like, I mean... <laughs> Jalen Llewellyn is not going to take Frankie Collins' job. He's not a point guard. He's a combo. He, he's he's a transfer. Right. You know, Frankie is going to be playing 30 minutes a game. And uh, I don't know. He leaves to, to run the Bobby Hurley offense. I know. I mean, they're probably going to make the tournament, but they're exactly as good as Michigan if you look at Kempom. Except it's just for like, when they played each other. I mean, well, I, yeah, I know I mean, that, like, that's like, Just in terms of, like, they're winning all their six-point games and Michigan is losing all their six-point games. But so you lose Frankie Collins and you're once again on this single year point guard treadmill. This is the fourth straight year yeah. that Michigan has had a new point guard. I mean, ever since we lost Xavier Simpson to COVID, to the, let's say his, his senior season was when COVID canceled the tournament. Yeah. And then he's gone. And ever since then, we've been a new point guard of the year. Right. And I, like, Doug McDaniel is not ready. Oh, I mean, one of the things that really stood out uh, watching this Minnesota game is that we looked. I went down to Alabama last year to hang out with my friend Jerry, who's an mm-hmm. Auburn fan. I watched the first weekend of the tournament. We watched the Auburn game, and like ten minutes in the Auburn game, I'm like, "You guys don't run a lot of offense, do you?" <laughs> and it was it was jarring to me to watch a team that just kind of went around jacking up shots. And Michigan is a lot closer to that than they have been. Pretty much since I, I've been watching them. I mean, we remember, like, we're talking about Spain pick and rolls and mm-hmm. all this stuff. Like, we've had a ton of analytical content from Matt D in particular about all the stuff that Michigan is running that is really sophisticated, that's NBA level stuff. And this year we look like LSU. <laughs> we look like we're coached by Will Wade. Well, 
No, because Will Wade, they're just sta- all they do is they clear out and they, they give him a whole side and they're like, okay, you get to ISO this guy now because that's what Will Wade does. He grabs guys who are just going to ISO I know, but people. it's like in this... We don't even do that. We're this, running sets and Terrace Reed is sitting all alone by the basket and no one sees him until it cuts Well, gone. I mean, so that's... I mean, it's not quite Will Wade, but we're much closer to that. I mean, we've just got a lot of isolation basketball. Mm-hmm. And it's like you throw it down to Hunter, it's ISO basketball. It's in the post, but it's ISO basketball. You've got guys just trying to drive one-on-one and throwing up some wild stuff. And I got to think that a large part of that is because their point guard is not a playmaker. I mean, he's a little bit of a playmaker, but not to the level where you can reliably get good shots. And I think that's a big reason that Hunter Dickinson's assist rate has just plummeted this year is because, well, there's two reasons. One is that I think he's not really fighting for post position very much. There is a, point at early in this game when Dawson Garcia had already picked up a foul like four minutes into the game. Mm-hmm. He gets the ball sort of in the high post, like away from the basket, and he just takes a 15-foot jumper. And I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. Like, Dawson Garcia is 30 pounds lighter than you. He's not a very good defender. He's their best offensive player. He's <laughs> got a foul on him. Right. Make him work instead of just taking this, like, and I don't know. I, I have a theory here is that Year one, Hunter Dickinson thought he could one and done and can't, and then decides to come back. Year two, he's going to prove that he's an NBA guy, and that was motivating him. And I think that now he's kind of – maybe our NIL thing blew up in our face because we're like, hey, we get Hunter Dickinson back, which is a good thing. He's a good player. Yeah. But, you know, Hunter Dickinson minus the motivation of I want to prove myself to, you know, get at the bottom of the NBA. I mean, I think there's something – to that is like when Quinn Hughes came back for a second season, mm-hmm. he was not a good hockey player. <laughs> he was an amazing hockey player, but <laughs> he's not a great. He didn't respect yeah. the league he was in. He didn't respect his teammates. He probably shouldn't have come back for that second year because he mm-hmm. was just trying to do everything by himself. Part of that was the fact that the team wasn't very good around him, and so he's trying to do everything himself. But Dickinson just doesn't feel as locked in, motivated. Like I don't know. He he managed to kind of come through in the second half of this game against Minnesota, but it, it took him a whole half to kind of get into it, right? And how many games have that? I mean, that's been the theme all year. Yeah, and it's kind of like he's he doesn't really seem locked in from the jump, and and I do think it is sort of like this was not his plan. Mm-hmm. His plan was not to be at Michigan for three years, and I, it feels like there's sort of a disappointment on his part that he's not in the NBA, and it, it sort of bleeds over into like how dominant he wants to be because this Hunter Dickinson is not the Hunter Dickinson that Michigan had last year. I I looked this up on synergy last year. He was a 94th percentile post-up player, 94th percentile, which I mean that, that passes the smell test too. That's what it looked like. Well, so there's like some things on synergy where you kind of take with a grain of salt. How many buckets did you make out of the post? Mm -hmm. That's not one of them. (laughs) Right. And this year he's fallen back to 70th. And that's a huge difference. That is 0.2 points per possession on Hunter Dickinson post-ups. That takes a Hunter Dickinson post-up from a, like a winning play, however many of them you can get, to like meh. Mediocre. It's a 40% three to a 30% three-point shooter. That's well, it's probably not that big, but it's a significant drop-off, okay. and it's a significant drop-off despite the fact that Hunter Dickinson last year played 32 games against a pretty good Big Ten. Hunter Dickinson this year has not played Zach Eady, mm-hmm. does not have Kofi Coburn on the schedule, does not have 
a bunch of guys who graduated from last year's Big Ten, and this is not nearly as good of a Big Ten. Even Minnesota had a better big last year. Right, and and there's a bunch of tomato cans on the schedule. that. So I think it's really concerning, alarming, and disappointing that this Dickinson is nowhere near the All-American that Michigan thought they were getting. And I do think the fact that he doesn't really want to be here is part of it. <clears throat> it yeah, I mean, you got that. You've got, I mean, it's also harder to get post entries to him because even if Doug was way more advanced, he's still a short guy. So his passing lanes are not great. And, you know, what you want to do well, for yeah, an entry, not, you want to have some way to get the ball over people. He's not the guy who needs to, like, enter it to him all the time, right? There's yeah. some big guys on the roster. And then you have some smaller factors, like Terrence William hasn't really stepped up. Yeah, he had a thing on his hand today. Did you notice that? His hand he's, was all wrapped he's up. He's had a wrapped hand for a, a big chunk of time which might explain part of his shooting mm -hmm. but like you know he had to was it the northwestern game where he sat for most of the second half because yeah. he got out hustled a couple times and if terrence williams getting out hustled like what are, what are we doing here and well and, and cheddar's playing two <coughs> minutes of this game i think i, I yeah. even looked at the numbers but like that was what he was out there for a long time so i think i mean i guess on on some level there i mean it's also understandable that llewellyn did get hurt yeah so that's a one of the three guards you have on the roster. That's a problem. Um, <clears throat> and typically our point guards get better over the course yeah, of the season. The transfer guys who come in have sort of scuffles at the beginning, and then they get better as they, they go along. So Michigan doesn't get to have that. Mm -hmm. And you add this all up, and you also throw in the fact that I think now they're 3-8 and eight in games that are six points or less in regulation. Do you know how irritating it is that <laughs> Iowa won that game by eight points? Because <laughs> now I gotta throw well, in the. This is an eight point game, but it was it was a, in overtime. It was in overtime. It just adds so many words I, to yes, the sentence. Yes, it's that you so have to say bad. Again, again, I just I just gotta <laughs> couldn't have, couldn't have just it's one by six. You goobers. Uh, it, I mean, the, I get so mad at the end of that game, but like that's gonna happen once a year at least, where just you know so, some call goes against you or you're well, your I mean, away or whatever. They lose by yeah. two to. Virginia, they lose by four to UNC. They lose by four to Kentucky. Yeah, they but they all of those losses they pile up because all of a sudden now you don't have that margin for error hmm. when you go through the Big Ten season of some dumb thing happening to you. Right, and you know they they go into Breslin and they can't shoot at all, and mm -hmm. they lose by six in a game where they hit like a total of three jumpers in the entire game. I don't even think that's an exaggeration. So <laughs> they've had some bad luck. Hunter Dickinson isn't coming in. As hot as he should be, you have a major injury. You don't. You don't really have a, a roster that has a lot of experience playing together because you spent a couple of years on one and dones, and all of this adds up to a team that's probably going to the NIT. So that's disappointing, and it sucks. <laughs> so what are you going to do? I mean, yeah. I mean, can we? Do you want to talk about next year at all? Like Doug will be a sophomore. He'll have a year of program. Willing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they could probably get Llewellyn back. I th he's definitely played few enough games to get a medical redshirt this year. Yeah, they can get Llewellyn back. They'll presumably have Buffkin. He's not being talked about as an NBA guy. Mm -hmm. You'll have senior version of Terrence Williams. You're seeing some really nice things from Terrace Reed, especially on the defensive end. You might have Hunter Dickinson back. You might have Jet back. You might have Jet back. I mean... Especially Norm if this was a like high ankle sprain and like the rest of his season is like he's shown enough that he would still get drafted in the lottery. The only reason Jet would come back is probably his mom, because <laughs> his dad's gonna be like, ah, 
His mom's going to be like, mm -mm. You, you, did you feel like you accomplished what you wanted to accomplish in Michigan? And we're like, no. So if you get Howard back mm -hmm. and you get some version of Dickinson and that is like, I want to leave my legacy, not kind of, you know, this version of Howard Dickinson, which sort of needs, it's like a, you're riding a mule and it's going very slow and you go, and then it goes fast for a little bit and then it slows back down. Like that, that's feel that's Hunter Dickinson's I mean, junior Hunter, year. Hunter Dickinson's junior year is basically going along at my level of interest in the basketball season. <laughs> yeah, we feel about as engaged with the basketball team as Hunter does at this right, point. Right. And you're still gonna have some problems. Like guard depth is gonna be an issue. The recruiting class is not well, because no one knows who's going to be on the team. Right, yeah. The recruiting class is uh, George Washington the third, great name. Right. And uh, not instant impact guys. Yeah. Guys who are, I think are good players and going to be decent, but the improvement will have to come from within. And so you're going to be looking at Reed a lot and, and Doug McDaniel. So Doug McDaniel takes way too many dumb shots. Just... True freshman point guard. <laughs> true freshman point guard, yeah. But, like, you got to see that progress, you know? Mm -hmm. you got, I mean, there's two versions of the true freshman point guard, and usually there's the guy who shoots way too much, and then there's a the guy who shoots not nearly enough. You know? <laughs> you know, Xavier Simpson was the former. Right. And Doug McDaniel was very much the latter. And so you got to get him some sort of <laughs> ability – to make plays for others, because I don't think he's seeing the spots where he needs to go. Well, yeah, but I mean, Howard's system is not, it's a lot closer to B-lines than it is. Yeah, well, you know, until LSU. this year, and I think the way that this offense looks, you got to trace it back to the fact that you have, the most of the time, these point guards that Michigan has brought in mm -hmm. have been veteran college players, you know, even if... From the Ivy League, more often than not. Even if, yeah, even if... Mike Smith doesn't know exactly what Michigan is doing. He's been he's been doing this for four years. Mm -hmm. You know, Devontae Jones, same deal. So there's a whole level of different, like, I'm struggling to adapt to the system that Doug is going through. Right. Because he's a true freshman who is not supposed to be in this role. And his struggles are obvious, and his promise is obvious as well. I mean, he's super quick. He can shoot a bit. Mm -hmm. Like, his, his pull-up game is not bad. Certainly a guy who projects as a better shooter than you're going to say Xavier Simpson. I'm like, that's, that's 99% of point guards. No, I was, but <laughs> I was going to say Frankie Collins. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's fair. And a guy who flashes, but if we're looking towards next year, you got to see him sort of, his mind is the number one thing. I think of anything on this team, like that's the number one thing that could get a lot better next year. Yeah. And just having someone, begin to emerge into that guy who pulls the strings. And the beautiful thing about Doug McDaniel is unless he's absolutely annihilating college basketball, the NBA isn't coming <laughs> anywhere near him. <clears throat> I mean, that, what are you going to accomplish with Spud Webb? Like, that's... Well, I mean, there are, not, there are guys who make it. He's not that small. Yeah, but he's a lot smaller than Trey Burke. And Trey Burke was too small for the NBA. I'm putting that in the, the yeah, quotes. But he's, yeah, he's a guy who's a long-term college player. And I think that's a very good thing. And... Just got to get some continuity, right? Like, well, I mean, like you mentioned, they're getting George Washington thirds, who's like I think a top fifty prospect. He's he's more like hundredth or okay. something on the on the composite. So, a guy who projects as a solid college player down the road, but not right. But if you're gonna, I mean, you can 
you can keep going with that if you, you know, once in a while you fill a spot. I mean, Michigan State right now, they've got a great recruiting class because, hey, you want to play center at Michigan State? The job is open right now. You know, do you want to play point guard? Because we got A.J. Hogard filling that role right now. Like, it's not hard for someone to see themselves stepping in and playing. Michigan, because of the cycle they've been on, they haven't really had the opportunity to grab a guy – uh, other than point guard, and say you could just start right away. And freshman point guards... Well, even they, they weren't trying to do that. <laughs> I, I mean, they talked to some five-star point guards. Yeah. They just never got anywhere with So them. Washington is number 84 on the composite. Okay. And then Papa Conte, the center that they've got coming in, is a beanpole, and he's 105. So <clears throat> that's his composite rank, not his weight. So they don't have a couple, They don't have guys right now who are going to be like, oh, we're going to shift the paradigm. But they do have some guys who should develop into nice college players. The upshot is whatever improvement you're hoping from next year probably has to come from guys already on the roster and maybe a maybe. transfer or something. I mean, if there's another Shawnee Brown out there or something, but huh. <laughs> that's what they should be. I mean, they, well, they try. There's another thing they that tried. you mentioned. Oh, yeah, God, Terrence Shannon. Yeah, that was their Shawnee, right? God, how much difference does this season feel with Terrence Shannon? And I know people will reply immediately, like, oh, he hasn't been that great at Illinois. He's been up and down He's Illinois. been very good at Illinois. Yeah. He's their top usage guy, and his O-rating is, like, close to 120. And he's probably one of the best defenders right. in the country. Like, right Illinois now. has been up and down because they've got a weird – I mean, they've had a lot of turnover, too, and they're not a great team, but they're going to the tourney. Uh-huh. They're – 29th on Ken Palm. That's fifty. Uh, that's 30 spots higher than Michigan. And I think Terrence Shannon is all of that. And yeah. If you have Terrence Shannon on Michigan and and Terrence and no Terrence Shannon in Illinois, you're flipping those two numbers. And this feels entirely different. And that, I don't know how much of that you could possibly put on Jawan Howard because what kind of idiot university is like? Well, this guy seems like a good basketball player. Let's make sure he can't transfer into kinesiology. <laughs> I, know, I mean, it was so dumb. Like, he's had like a few credits to finish, and like, Michigan is like, okay, not, no, 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 but we'll be okay with this if you go to a summer school and like pack in all these classes. And Illinois is like, no, come, come, show, yeah. just, just come. Well, we got this. And and there's been rumors about this stuff for years, and there's really been very few opportunities to point at one kid and say this kid would have been at Michigan if not for the admissions to pro, pro department being a bunch of sticks in the mud, right? And then at Big Ten Media Days, both Jace and uh, Dickinson were asked who they wanted to play with in the league, and they were like, Terrence Shannon. <laughs> so that is exactly what happened. And you add a 6'6 wing defender who's a high-usage player mm-hmm. <clears throat> to this team, and yeah, you you change the paradigm big time. So combination of, you know, I think some mistakes that Juwan has made, not mistakes that I anticipated would be mistakes. I mean, I wasn't complaining. Mm-hmm. When they got Houston and Diabate, no, I'm, and then there was just some stuff that, I mean, if Jet Howard is out, you're going to have Jet Shannon and Llewellyn, probably your three biggest offseason additions, not available. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> one of those Joey was, Baker filling all three roles. <laughs> one of those was was Michigan. Uh, committing an own goal as mm-hmm. a university. And I ho- sincerely hope that Santa Ono was going to be able to step in on these and like, let's be reasonable. I mean, so far, so good. He was out there today pumping up the crowd. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. <laughs> he was, it was pretty close to my section. He was just like getting everybody up. And then, then oh. uh, he's, I, I really do think that he's going to change the paradigm because, you know, presidents we've had past 
all the way back to when we were here. Like even Lee Bollinger was like, "Hey, is Columbia available this week?" Like they well, and that was like the best president we've had. I think Mary Sue Coleman was probably okay. Reasonably good in that department. Oh, and who for, did Mary Sue hire for never AD? Mi- never mind. Never mind. <laughs> never mind. I forgot who hired who. Never mind. Yeah, there's some That's, memories popping. Back. Oh my god. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's take a break. Come back and uh, talk about some good football news. Want the perfect game day outfit? Underground Printing has unique, great-fitting U of M apparel and officially licensed apparel from legendary Michigan names like Woodson, Howard, Eufer, and more. UGP also specializes in custom printed apparel and promotional items for groups, events, and businesses. Whether you need one shirt as a gift or 1,000 shirts for a charity walk, Underground can customize almost anything for groups large or small. To learn more, visit Underground Printing in one of our three convenient locations around Ann Arbor or online at undergroundshirts.com. It's painless. It's online. It's group ordering made easy for your next custom printed apparel order. Pogo from Underground Printing will save you time and hassle. Whether you're selling shirts for a fundraiser, organizing a large event, trying to collect sizes and payments for a family union, or, you know, ordering a whole bunch of shirts with your Kickstarter, Underground Printing is here to help. Save time and hassle every step of the way with their easy-to-use site. No more guessing what to order, chasing people down to pay, wasting time trying to sort out the order. They'll set it up. You can just sit back and relax. They'll even take care of individual shipping. To learn more about Pogo, visit them at any of their convenient locations or at pogo.undergroundshirt.com. At Peak Wealth, we believe we can help you retire with confidence. It's Nick Hopwood, Certified Financial Planner from Peak Wealth Management in Plymouth. I graduated from Michigan in 2001 with an econ degree and founded Peak Wealth Management in 2014. And now we have over $240 million of assets under management. As a freshman in 97, winning the national championship in football and hockey didn't get any better than that. Both my wife and I lived in Bursley that year, and it's crazy because we never actually met while living in the same dorm. Probably because she had a car and I had to ride the bus. But we named our dog Bursley anyway, and he's on the payroll here at Peak Wealth Management. At Peak, we're fee-based. We're your fiduciary, which means everything we recommend is always in your best interest. We partner with leading institutional money managers, focus on low fees, and make sure every client has a financial plan covering retirement, college, tax, estate, insurance, and cash flow. Simply put, we are Peak Wealth Management, your comprehensive financial coach. Book your second opinion at peakwm.com slash mgoblog. Peak Wealth Management. Retire with confidence. It can be a rough ride along the information superhighway. That's why we build our e-commerce websites tough enough to handle the load. With the capacity to take hundreds of simultaneous online transactions and the stability of load-balanced, co-located server architectures, a website from Human Element performs in the roughest conditions. Thousands of products? No problem. We'll throw in the tools to manage them with precision and efficiency. All with a design slick enough to make you think your girlfriend might be impressed. So load it up and hit the gas and let Human Element show you the way. Special offers available for returning licensees. Financing available with approved credit to qualified buyers. Client participation may affect savings. Optional equipment available at additional cost. See human-element.com for details.
Alright. So the deal with the devil apparently means you get the guy who would have won the Heisman if he was healthy back for his senior year, combined with the fact that despite being an amazing college player, the NFL isn't super high on him. That was a sweetener, by the way. When the devil talked to me, I was <laughs> like, he had to throw in Corum. And so Michigan gets Corum back. They get Jenkins back. They, they get, get both guards back. Yeah, Zinter and Keegan is a bigger deal than people realize. Well, guards, I mean, linemen get a lot better every year. And most college players, by the time they're like fourth year, fifth year, have kind of tapered off. Right. But linemen and quarterbacks continue getting better their whole careers. And so you're looking at. Michigan has two all Big Ten guards coming back. They pick off a guy from Arizona State who could have gone in the first round if you listen to the NFL people. Mm-hmm. They pick off uh, the second or third best center in the Pac-12, according to Pro Football Focus. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, I mean, he, this is a guy that when we realized Stanford was falling apart and Shaw might be called yeah. quits, we were like, let's see who's good on their roster. That guy. Yeah. yeah. And they also pick up Miles Hinton, Miles Hinton who – might be in for a redshirt year. He has not redshirted yet. Yeah. And because Michigan has tackles. Like, we, we got linemen coming out of our ears. Right. And you got El Hadi. Yeah. Who seems like he's probably pretty close to ready. Of currently, I mean, I think that nobody else is going to hit the portal at this point. Because if you were going to hit the portal, you would have done it already. Yeah. I mean, there'll be some spring transfers yeah. as they get down. But like, I mean, people keep on complaining about the rosters at like a hundred scholarship players right now. I'm like, do you Doesn't know matter. how NIL works? Doesn't matter. <laughs> scholarship limits do not exist in Michigan anymore. Which is great. So, I mean, you get players at all the positions that you need players at. You have an edge who looks like he's going to be a potential impact player in Josiah Stewart. Mm-hmm. They lost Oki though. I mean, Oki was one of, like, four guys who played basically the same. It's true. So, like, he's, I mean, and was he going to be effective without Biff Poggi? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd, I personally, he's so old at this point that I don't think that a major leap forward was coming. Like, I, yeah, I, I, I would put him, yeah. I, because of the way his career went, I think the talent was still there, and it was like, okay, if we can – Get him to focus. Yeah. But obviously, if he's jumping again, it wasn't... Yeah, it was never going to happen. So I'm ready to move with uh, Moore and McGregor and Mm -hmm. then add Stewart in and see what you got there. And I think think Michigan will get some players. And so you're looking at this roster. They bring back three safeties who played a bunch last year. They bring back the best cover corner in America by some uh, grading systems. And the really only question you have is, like, who's the third corner? Because you have Sainer still, who I think is probably not going to be great on the outside. But if you want to put him on the outside, you can do that. Yeah, I mean, ideally you'll leave him in nickel. He's graded better than Dax Hill did at that position for me. Which, I mean, I understand that there's probably some things they've done to, like, protect him and not have him do some Dax Hill things. Yeah. But he's also just been making plays. Like, Dax Hill, I don't remember a single plus three. And I don't need to remind you of, of one from St. still. <laughs> I think I probably tried a couple. I remember a particular fourth and two against Iowa. But anyway, uh-huh. um, so you just need someone to step up at that corner spot. And it's a little a bit odd that Michigan hasn't hit the portal there, too, because it seems like everybody else, they're like, okay, we've identified an edge. We've identified three offensive linemen. We've identified a linebacker. Mm-hmm. We're plugging all of our holes. And 
I, I they, imagine that like they thought Jaman was going to come back. Um, I mean, we had been hearing that that was unlikely for a while. Yeah. Even if he wasn't getting particularly rave NFL reviews, and that happened, and that's the one thing is like, Jaman might not get drafted, and in the NIL era, I'm just like. I mean, I guess it's like Diabate. Some guys are just done and want to move on. Or, I mean, you might have gotten a Hunter Dickinson situation where he's just like, because the guy is going to turn 24, I think, next year during yeah. the during the season. So, I mean, you go, you're going to the draft when you're going to be 25 your rookie year, and the NFL's like, what do I need to draft a 25-year-old? Like, what am sure. I going to do with that guy? Like, develop him? He's yeah. five years away from his tail. Well, yeah, the COVID thing is also complicating factors because he – wouldn't have any eligibility left without that. So, and I mean, how many eighteen-year-olds did you want to hang with when you were twenty-four, twenty-five years old? Like, <laughs> like this is—he's probably just done with it, you know. I like, guess. But in, in any case, Michigan needs someone to step up at that second corner spot, and that's it. Mm-hmm. I can never remember a Michigan team going into a season where I was like, "Well, I have no questions about any of this at all." <laughs> Two thousand six. <laughs> It was like the second. It's the same thing. It's like we got the second corner problem. We love our linebackers. We love our defensive line. We like our we have a third. Line. We have a third corner problem. Thank you very much. We're not going to have <laughs> a linebacker covering Anthony Gonzalez in the slot. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Unless we got to move Sainer still out. And, well, but here's the thing: they have options. Even though they got they have a couple guys from last year. They have Zeke Berry. Yeah. They have uh, Keon Sab. Yeah, and Damani Den actually could play slot too. He's the comp for him was Dax Hill. Right. So, like, he's a guy who could come up and play They're that. They're extremely reasonable and not at all. Right. <laughs> overzealous comp. I mean, it was, it was you know, three-star Dax Hiller. Well, and but it's hard not to see it. have been looking at moving Moten to linebacker. Uh-huh. Like, maybe you're able to play Rod Moore over the slot some because you do – or maybe Moten is able to fit there. There's a number of guys, and whatever the issue – is with that second corner spot, it's probably not going to be crippling. Yeah. Well, I mean, and then you could find a guy. They got Jaden McBurrows. Yeah, but McBurrows gets healthy. I think they do like him a lot. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I mean, who they they brought in a couple. They they got a freshman this year that they like a lot, and then they brought in two guys last year that they kind of liked a lot too that we didn't really get to see. Yeah, Jair Hill is a guy who Michigan got away from Illinois kind of at the last second because Ryan Walters took the head coaching job at Purdue. And given what I saw at Devin Witherspoon this year, if Ryan Walters is interested <laughs> as you as a cornerback, sign me up. Sure, but like, I'm gonna pump the brakes for just a second. He's, I think he'll be awesome eventually. But he played free safety his entire uh, high school career. Well, you know, so now you're going to go into Michigan. They play a lot of coverages. Will Johnson took more than half the year to get ready, and that was the most college-ready cornerback ever. Well, I got I got some news for you about next year's schedule. <laughs> Is it is it Georgia's schedule? Uh, no, I mean it's just it's a one game season. Yeah, I mean two if you want to look at Penn State, but I mean they have to go to Penn State. That's going to be a game. Yeah, I mean if Draller is ready, mm-hmm. we'll see. I mean that's fifty fifty, right? Sure. I I mean there there's going to be a team that pops up. I mean we were looking at Illinois as a tough game. Last no, year I suppose and, so. Yeah. But you just look at the schedule and it's like, well, if you want to blood a new cornerback, now's the time. Sure, sure. I mean, I, that's it's just a weird time in college football where, like, 
you, that's what you do with your schedule now is that you just like – Well, I think that will change once you get to 12 teams in the playoff. Cause and USC is going to be in the in the conference, and they'll probably play Michigan every year when they come up with the schedule. They, this is like a, a dead certainty. <laughs> yeah. That there's going to be a lot of UCLA and USC between Ohio State and Michigan. That's the deal. When you enter the Big Ten, it's yeah. like the first thing they ask, can we play Michigan first? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, you have so far very little turnover – in the coaching staff as well. So you have continuity there with one major exception. <laughs> other, other than Mr. International Crimes. <laughs> Mr. Computer Crimes. <laughs> I, I knew that there would be downsides to hiring a Madden kid at some point, but I did not predict does computer crimes is immediately fired. It's pretty bad. was going to be one of them. It's like, uh-huh. what are we doing here? Yeah, um, <clears throat> and the way that went down, I'm I'm really praying he would he's doing it for himself and not for the program. I don't, I don't, I don't want to <laughs> speculate on that. We're, yeah, the details will come out when they come out, and we're just gonna leave it at that. But so compared to previous years, where it's like, oh, this guy's gone, this guy's gone, this guy was here for two weeks and now he's gone. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll hire Clink Scale this time. Nope, not this time. Maybe this time. Nope, not this time. Maybe this time. Yes, this time. Uh, <laughs> there's just been masses and masses of turnover, and it looks like Michigan's finally going to get their whole defensive staff back intact. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, and they were all out there recruiting today at the basketball game too. And you keep Sharon Moore. It looks like for another year that the carousel's pretty much done. Yeah. I, well, I mean, more at this point can leave for a Power 5 job, and I think the Power 5 jobs are all taken now. Right, and, like, is he going to go for a full offensive coordinator spot? Probably not. Because mm-hmm. Michigan on the verge of handing it to him, I imagine. Yeah, I I don't know what's going to happen because, I mean, they're going to they're gonna kick the tires on Greg Roman because yeah. that guy's available, and he's worked with Harbaugh, and, like, hey, do you want to come and, like, J.J. McCarthy for a year and then go back to the NFL and take him with you? Like... That's that's not a bad idea for Greg Roman. I mean, if you look at the NFL jobs out there, that's this year's Michigan offense. Piloting that thing and putting that on your resume and working with JJ, that would be a pretty good deal for Roman. And Roman, people are like, oh, he's not great with quarterbacks. No, wide receivers hate him. He's great at taking a corner a quarterback from being a you know drafty to a decent NFL quarterback. He can never get him to the next level. And that's what drives people nuts about him. But, like, every quarterback he's worked with, he's gotten them up to, like, decent NFL quarterback. Well, also, if you look at the guys in his past right now, it's Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. It's Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. It's Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. So if we have a quarterback. Alex Smith. Yeah, <laughs> if we have a quarterback whose mobility is a major asset, and I don't know. We're going to spend the entire offseason complaining about not using that asset in the first half of a playoff game. It seems like Greg Roman is a good guy to bring in to maximally exploit the fact that J.J. is fast as hell. He could be. I mean, we said the same thing with Weiss, who was, you know, Roman's kid. So, or, not his son, but, like, you know what I mean? It was like he's, he, was, he, he came up under Roman. Like, that was the idea. Right. Was we're getting Greg Roman's offense. And they did. There was a lot of Greg Roman stuff in the offense. Uh, there is a thing, like, he doesn't really use reads a lot. They, they like to, pre, uh, to call it in the, in the huddle, or they could call it the line, whether they're going to give or uh, keep or actually run the quarterback. But that's also a, I have an NFL quarterback, and I have to get through 16 games in a right. playoff. So, the math's a little bit different than, okay, 
you know, I need to get a three-score lead on Rutgers, and then I can put the offense away for the rest of the week. Right. I mean, for a program that just seemed to be spinning its wheels constantly and, like, never have any sort of consistency year to year, to go into 2023 looking like this is like, oh, my God. What happened? <laughs> and they're all juniors, too. Like, technically, everybody could come back. It's never going to happen, but... I mean, stop it. Technically, you're you, if we like the one the more devil is going to come back and you're going to be like, and I teach for a thousand yes! years. Yes. Yes. I'm going to be like, let's just let's just see what happens. The devil. It's all my fault. The devil doesn't, you know, run. Th- well, obviously he does. Never mind. Um, but yeah, I, it's good. It's a good situation. Let's take a break. Come back and talk about. uh the situation inside the athletic department. Hey, it's Nick Hopwood, founder and president at Peak Wealth Management. We have a lot in common. We both went to Michigan. We're both huge fans, but I'm concerned about how much time you're spending on Michigan football recruiting. This could be time spent with me pouring over your cash flow and Roth conversion strategy. How are these Roth conversions going to get done with you spending all your time and energy on MGO Blog looking at the next five-star recruits? Hey, all kidding aside, if you're addicted to MGO Blog and you want to outsource some of your financial planning to an expert, consider us, peakwm.com slash blog. At Peak, we work with people in a variety of situations. Some of our clients are young professionals looking to optimize their savings and investments. For young people, time is the key. Some of our clients are super affluent trying to figure out when they can retire. Some are high net worth retirees looking for a second opinion on how their money's working for them. Get your second opinion at peakwm.com slash mgoblog. Peak Wealth Management. Retire with confidence. The only thing we can be sure of about the future is that it will be absolutely fantastic. I'm thinking of the incredible breakthrough made possible by developments in communications. Arthur C. Clarke's 1964 vision is now reality with SignalWire, a cloud platform that enables developers to build the applications that will reshape the future of communications. These things will make possible a world in which we can be in instant contact with each other wherever we may be. You can add cutting-edge, real-time video and audio to any product, website, or application with APIs and SDKs for developers of all skill sets. SignalWire is optimized for high quality and low latency communication functionality, the video, voice, and text messaging capabilities. Almost any skill could be made independent of distance. Men will no longer commute. They will communicate. See for yourself at SignalWire.com. Use code 2021 and receive $25 in developer credit. Go to SignalWire.com. SignalWire Communications OGs. Original geeks of programmable communication. It's painless. It's online. It's group ordering made easy for your next custom printed apparel order. Pogo from Underground Printing will save you time and hassle, whether you're selling shirts for a fundraiser, organizing a large event, or trying to collect sizes and payment for a family reunion, UGP is here to help. Save time and hassle every step of the way with our easy-to-use site. No more guessing what to order, chasing down people to pay, or wasting time trying to sort out the order. We'll set it up and you can just sit back and relax. We can even take care of individual shipping. To learn more about Pogo, visit us at any of our convenient locations or at pogo.undergroundshirts.com. In southeastern Michigan, the yearly cost for a nursing home averages approximately 100000 It doesn't have to, though. Reed McCarthy founded Ann Arbor Elder Law after handling a tricky situation for his own family. Years of experience later, his boutique firm works with clients across southeast Michigan dealing with Medicaid planning, long-term care, and tax, disability, and family law, not to mention family dynamics. If you have a family member who may need that level of care, or if you're ready to start your own estate plan, Reed can give you a plan for the future. Visit annarborelderlaw.com or call 734 
945-9693. That's So part of Harbaugh coming back was the nature in which it happened, which was Santa Ono tweeted that he was happy that Jim Harbaugh was coming back and he has informed the athletic director, which is a weird way to put it. And then the official Michigan account tweeted a quote from Harbaugh, which was like, great job, Santa Ono. (laughs) Thank you for your support. And these guys have been going back and forth and it's just like... I don't know how much to read into it, but it's a little weird. And then John U. Bacon mm-hmm. uh, has some sources in the athletic department, and their phasers appear to be set to kill. Right. So he tweets out the fact that Harbaugh and uh, Ward Manuel have not spoken directly since May. Which is, I mean... Other than like chatting each other up on the sideline, there people were like immediately were like, "Got you, John Bacon." I have a picture of I mean, the two I of them talking to each other. I don't know exactly <laughs> what that means. Yeah. So, and then there was another thing about how under uh, Schlissel, he did not have a formal performance review. Uh huh. At, at any time, which doesn't seem. I don't know how unusual that is. I'm not part of the University of Michigan ad- administration. I kind of feel. Like, given everything that had been going on with the highest levels of people at the university, mostly sexually assaulting or <laughs> harassing people, I guess I'll just say that was not harassment because the lady wanted an ish as well. Uh-huh. But it would seem like this would be an environment where it would be exceptionally unusual to not be creating a paper trail about performance. So, uh, I just I feel like there are people in the athletic department with the knives out for Ward Manual. They see this as an opportunity, as an inflection point. Mm-hmm. And so, if we'll, we'll, uh, this is entirely the realm of speculation, yeah. If Santa Ono thinks that Ward Manual didn't do a good job with the one thing that he has done since Santa Ono has been here, and the most recent precedent before that was the Pearson thing, we could be seeing. Uh, athletic director swap in the near future. I mean, everyone, th- that's absolutely the vibe. And plus, if you're Ward Manual at this point, I mean, even if they didn't mean it that way. It did, doesn't look good. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't look good for you. And it's like, you know, do you want to continue like this? Is this the, the scenario I mean, that you want to He's getting paid like seven figures. So the answer to that is probably yes. Uh, it, 
and and he's an alum, and he's got his. I mean, he he has like a donor base that likes right. him. Right. If, if you're the athletic director at the University of Michigan, do you ever want to stop being the athletic director? No. Seems like a pretty cushy gig. I, I mean, unless people are like literally at the president's house right. for my job. Then... Well, even that, like the guy didn't <laughs> go quietly into that good night. So, I mean, personally, I would like to see a change because all the things that I seem to really care about in the athletic department, Ward Manual seems indifferent at best to. And yeah. this might be an irrationally petty concern, but the music that plays at Yost Ice Arena after an opponent scores a goal or Michigan takes a penalty makes me want to die. Raise your hand wherever you are in your cars or wherever you're listening to this if you think that's where Brian was going to go with this. When he's just like, here's why I really want to get rid of Ward Manual. But <laughs> is the music at Yost. So I'm with you. I it's, What they do yes. <laughs> is they play like the cheesiest – Oh, I get the message. So there's like there's like uh, some stupid song where they just keep repeating "You're No Fun," mm-hmm. which plays after a Michigan penalty. It's the Strokes. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, go on. It, I, I'm unfamiliar with the song. Okay. And then there's you know something about how I'm an innocent. It's just the it's just it's just Joe Louis Arena from 1998 and Mo Cheese. That is so unfair to Joe Louis Arena from 1998. And it's not. No, because they because when Fedorov came back. No, I went to, <laughs> I went to some of those games and the only thing they cheered for was Mo Cheese, when, who was an overweight man in the upper deck who would do a silly dance. We do that. To, we had the Jack Johnson's dad. We were doing that was that different that and it's, a, it's totally different. Fact. And the, the worst thing is when the, the students are doing something. And the the guy's just like, all right, now I'm going to play music and drown out the students. I'm just like, what are we here for? What is the point of this? And it yeah. doesn't feel like Ward Manuel cares about any of that stuff in any way whatsoever. No, no. Fan experience is not something he cares about whatsoever. Like, it's insulting to go to Indianapolis and have free Wi-Fi for the Big Ten Championship game. And you can't have that at Michigan Stadium. It's insulting that tickets are now just gone. Mm-hmm. You cannot have a ticket to an event, not even a commemorative, just like I bought season tickets. I used to put up the season tickets that I got. I would put them on the wall for games that were memorable to me, meaningful to me. And now I can't do that anymore. And it's just something that it doesn't seem to matter to him in any way whatsoever, how the university of Michigan treats its fans. And that was the same thing that the previous guy had. And Ward Manuel is not an obvious sociopath. So he's got that, yeah, in and, his yes column. Well, and he, he but I can't. Quiet. I can't think of anything that the the department has done that Dave Brandon wouldn't have done. No, I mean he's he's been driving the car. I think that the one thing that that he's got to be good at something. And the the, the, the ne- one group never of people, say that. Never say that. <laughs> just, never say that. Things build up over time. He's what is Elon Musk enough. good at? <laughs> Marketing himself. People in charge of things are just in charge of them. Never assume competency for someone in a leadership position. If they demonstrate it, Uh fine. If they do not demonstrate it, do not assume it. Ward Manuel has extricated a lot. I don't know if I used the word correctly there. Extracted, I meant. He's extracted a lot of money from the wealthy donors of Michigan without annoying me. 
And that is, I think, a skill, and I want to give him credit for that. The amount I don't understand. Michigan has gotten more donations under him than anybody, way more than under Dave Brandon. So all the people that Brandon like were able to give money to, uh-huh. and then their name would appear on something, and it would annoy the heck out of us because every time they announce the head coach, it's like the Jay Ira and Nikki right, Harris yeah. head coach. Like, family, don't forget family. family. Yeah, that that makes it not a dick move. <laughs> As if you say the word family over the irrelevant rich people. Right. The family. It's like the picture of, uh, of of Bryles when he was on the plane. Like, oh, look, there's all his family. Look at he's, the family. He's, he's, yeah. Anyway, I he has extracted more money than Dave Brandon. And I don't think I can remember a time I've been annoyed by it once, which is impressive. Okay. I mean... That's one of the things that we want from the athletic director of Michigan. There's no ads in the stadium other than, like, you know, for their own programs, right? Yeah. And I'm not, like, walking around seeing names on everything. It's just, like, there are... Aren't you? I mean, if you look carefully, like, if you walk around Chrysler, you're going to see, you know, names of people up on the side. But I don't even mind that. That's, like, okay, cool. They did manage to to name the the tunnel after someone who was actually relevant to the football program. So that is nice. Yes. So and immediately the tunnel became the biggest nasty thing in I, college football. I love it. I love it. <laughs> the Lloyd Carr tunnel. Get in the Lloyd Carr tunnel. <laughs> Get out of it unless you value your life. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just I just kind of feel like I don't know. The thing is, is whoever replaces him is just going to be the same. I have no hope that there's going to be someone who's not just a suit. I mean, I have a like, lot of faith in Santa. To, to be a... All right, please refer, refer to him as by his last name because it is too silly I'm for you Jewish. to call him This Sandy. is the only Santa we can. No, 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 no. My entire life, they've been no. like, nope, sorry, son. You cannot. No, Virginia. There is not a Santa. There is an Ono. So I have a lot of faith in Ono. I think that this is Maybe. what it feels like to have a president. And the president in the system that we've created has a ton of power. In the NCAA, the president has a lot of power. They can decide how to react to the NCAA when they come by with – we haven't even talked about like the – Oh, it's so <laughs> irrelevant. <laughs> it's so – but it's – but then like it's a thing, right? And yeah. this and, – and immediately uh, Ono is like, no, we're standing behind our our coach. Like, they probably got in the meeting and they're like, so Jim, did you lie? Tell us you lied. Just just come out and say it. And he's just like, <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> I know exactly. I just, I don't know Jim Hoffa personally, but I've heard him speak enough that I know exactly what happened at that meeting. Yeah. And I think everybody listening to this podcast also knows exactly yeah. what happened at this meeting. It was just like, hey, uh, could you respond to this in any sort of normal fashion? And Jim Harrow was like, nope, nobody, nope, 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 nope. Nobody know. So, <laughs> did, did, was Judge Judy brought in in the middle of these negotiations? Well, so there's this this uh, Wetzel article out there on Yahoo, mm-hmm. which is like the NCAA has no evidence, <laughs> <laughs> and they're mad. So this is the hangup. <laughs> it's just like okay, because what happened there? They're they're probably like, oh, did you pay for this? And he's like, I don't know. Yeah, like it was it was. Eight months ago, it, it was, was just it was, another recruiting visit. Name your, does anybody remember anything that happened in it was, the first few months of it COVID? Was, it it's, was the brown jug. I don't get a bill at the brown jug. Yeah. It's just not a thing that happens to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I, I totally believe that they were like, oh, we got a receipt. 
and Jim Harbaugh was like, uh. What they got is the is that idiot they fired, and I think he's at Mississippi State now, and he's just like, oh, wow, I'm angry at Michigan. I'm going to give the NCAA everything I've got. And this is all he's got. Oh, that's what they got. Can you – I mean, to imagine, like, to have somebody inside your program, like one of your recruiting guys – Goes to the NCAA and he's like, "Here, I'm going to give you everything." This is I the can. dirt. This is the dirt. And this what is, is the dirt? They were watching Dominic Gigi's work out, <laughs> and and somebody and somebody didn't pay for a burger. And they did something that is now legal. <laughs> they did something that is right. Very sensible. <laughs> Same way they announce uh, like they they announce that they're considering having the uh, like the. The city, what are they called? The um, the analysts being allowed to coach. The same yeah. week they're nailing Michigan for Yeah, it's, it's the Mitch McGarry all over again. And, and Michigan only started doing it because everyone else did it. Like that quote about how Ohio State, the guy walks into Ohio State, he's like, oh, this is how this, this is such more professional. He was talking about the fact that analysts are all out there being coaches too, so it yeah. felt like an NFL team. In any case, yeah. <clears throat> uh, small potatoes. I'm glad that the university is like, uh but like previous it, co- previous presidents might not have. No, that's true. And then there was a, there was a point in the past where these things were regarded as big deals instead of the complete mockery of justice well, logic sense I, that they I, are. At this point, the NCAA was probably like, okay, who takes us seriously still? <gasps> Michigan. You should try Notre Dame. <laughs> so that's that's probably their next, uh, their no, next I, hit. Notre Dame. Vandy. Vandy will be like, oh, as long as they're not talking about baseball. As long as I'm not going to pay baby. All right, let's uh, take a break, come back, and uh, finish up with a brief hockey segment because Dave is unavailable. If you want to see where our post game podcast happens or if you need a spot to land in Ann Arbor, check out 4M, Prentice Partners' beautiful brand new flagship property at 830 Henry Street in Lower Burns Park and across the bridge from the big house. Their 11 spacious six bedroom, six bath suites feature state of the art digital capabilities and are laid out for comfortable, efficient collaboration. You can also rent a 4M unit for shorter stays, say if you want to come to town for a football weekend. I want to add myself that they're also taking over Lucky's. We're really excited about their plans for that space. So if you're by the stadium, swing by 830 Henry or visit Prentice4M.com. This is Matt Demrest, the owner of Homeshare Lending. We're a local mortgage company here to help you purchase with confidence and refinance with ease. People don't get mortgages very often, so it can be confusing. We'll break down every single line item so that it all makes sense. And at the end of the day, if we're not giving you the best deal, we'll tell you to go with the other company. We're here to offer our simple mortgage guidance. This is Seth Fisher from MGO Blog. Over the years, we've sent dozens of readers to use Homeshare Lending, and every review that's come back has been raving. I myself used them to refinance after doing our original loan through our bank. I was amazed how much smoother the process was for our company. Loan. Brian used them, you should use them too. Finding out whether it makes sense or not to refinance or getting pre-approved to buy a new home is easy. Head over to homesurelending.com, that's H-O-M-E-S-U-R-E, lending.com, slash mgoblog to find out more. Or call us at 734-531-9950. That's 734-531-9950. I've got two of my favorite people here with me, kind of an annual tradition, Cooper and Colby. Cooper, how old are you? 11. Colby, how about you? Nine. Can I get a Go Blue? Go Blue! NMLS number 116. 61358 Equal Housing Lender. Want the perfect game day outfit? Underground Printing has unique, great-fitting U of M apparel and officially licensed apparel from legendary Michigan names like Woodson, Howard, Eufer, and more. 
UGP also specializes in custom printed apparel and promotional items for groups, events, and businesses. Whether you need one shirt as a gift or 1,000 shirts for a charity walk, Underground can customize almost anything for groups large or small. To learn more, visit Underground Printing in one of our three convenient locations around Ann Arbor or online at undergroundshirts.com. One and two and... If you find yourself on the wrong side of the law, you want a Michigan man in the huddle. Call criminal law attorney and former prosecutor Jonathan Paul at 248-924-9458 or visit his website at michiganlawgrad.com. John is a proud graduate of the University of Michigan Ross School of Business and Michigan Law School. He looks forward to showing you the Michigan difference. Here's the thing people say. Seth, tell me about your insurance. I'm actually glad you asked me about that because I just changed my insurance and I'm really happy I did. Let me guess. You use Phil Klein and Owen Rosen of the Phil Klein Insurance Group. They are MGO blog readers and they don't advertise during football games. And they've got a five-star rating on anything you would care to see. Call Owen at 248-682-7445 or visit them online at philkleininsurance.com. Guys, I gotta tell you something about venue. Uh, I got the best chicken nuggets of my life there. <laughs> I didn't get were them. Were they kids? I got them for, for my son, but my son wasn't gonna eat all of them, and I picked one of them up. I looked at it, and I'm like, this looks pretty crispy. And I put it in my mouth, and you know what? It was really crispy. And then I was like, this was $9. I could come here and get this for myself if they let me. <laughs> I don't know if that's permissible. That's, that's, I mean, that's a big deal. Like, there's how many times have you gone places with your kid with chicken nuggets and be like, this is disgusting? Yeah, this came out of a Cisco bag. Like, have you ever tried putting a McDonald's chicken nugget in your mouth? Don't do it. Don't just take my advice. I'm saving you the. If you ever having kids, don't eat the McDonald's chicken nuggets. Correct. But you should have the, one, the ones at venue. They were amazing. And the fries were great, too. They do have that chicken sandwich that they. Uh, the chicken sandwich is amazing, too. Yeah. yeah that's, uh, but anyway, go to venue and eat things. All right, so Michigan gets a very strange split at Minnesota where they blow two third-period leads of a goal each and then lose one in overtime and win one in overtime. Um, that that was kind of a deal with a devil series, too. It was. Minnesota hit the pipe four times in yeah. the Friday game. Um, <clears throat> the uh, Saturday game was considerably more even, and 
there's this pattern where Michigan goes into a Friday game and is kind of getting doesn't know what they're doing, and then they adjust and they play much better on Saturday night. I don't think you can complain that much about splitting at Minnesota, mm-hmm. which might be the best team in the country. You're playing on Olympic ice. All hockey should be on Olympic ice. Um, Michigan hockey, especially. And you're getting you're getting uh, oh kind of hosed by the referees. I know, like I mean, there's a five minute major uh, in the Friday game mm-hmm. where contact is glancing. It is to the head, but it's the kind of thing where if it was college football, they'd look at it and they'd be like, "That's not targeting." Right. Because one development that is nice over the past few years is that targeting roulette is over. I know what targeting is now, and so does everybody else. Until the end of the, until the end of the playoff game. Well, until but, the end of the playoff yeah. game. And uh, so, college hockey is completely crazy about head hits right now. So absolutely anything that is a hit to the head, whether it is the fault of the player doing making the hit or not, mm-hmm. is five minutes in a game unless it's Logan Cooley. Um, so you know they're they're in a situation where they're in a situation where their record is ugly, but if you go over and hop in the pairwise, they're eighth in the pairwise. Right, and that's because this year the league is absolutely brutal. If the season ended today and there were no bid stealers, six Big Ten teams would be in the tournament. Michigan State is good this year. Ohio State is really good this year. Penn State is like Penn State learned how to play defense. Penn State's like third in the pairwise. Minnesota yeah. is first. So there's been you know the Big Ten has been sort of a disappointment ever since it was created because it was like supposed to be like all right. This is a lot of good teams, and we're all going to be really good. And it's been like, eh. This year, the Big Ten is the most brutal hockey league I can remember Michigan playing in. Yeah. I remember there used to be like, okay, we got to go to Alaska Fairbanks, and then we got Ferris State, and then we got Northern. These are all handle games we can handle. And now it's like, all right, we just hosted Ohio State. Now we're going to Minnesota, and then Penn State's coming in next week. And it's like, yeah. Your your only break is Wisconsin, which is a program that has a lot of runway. Right. And then and then Wisconsin, Michigan lost one of those games largely mm-hmm. because Portillo had a terrible game. And he was I'm, due for one after his entire career of not I having mean, a bad game. I, I he's He's been pretty inconsistent this year. Uh, his rebound control is poor. He's still like the worst yeah. goalie I've ever seen coming out of his crease. And the a crucial goal on the in the Friday game was him getting beat short side. Mm-hmm. And there was a reason for it because the guy threatened to go come across, but still you got beat short side. You're just like, oh, man. He made an incredible save oh, half a period later, but the quality of the goals he's letting in is often pretty sketchy. So I'm a little, I don't know, hit or miss on how Portillo's been doing this season. And then, of course, he did lose his goalie coach. So yeah. It's kind of like, uh. But – you just got to sweep one of these weekends. Just got to get your teeth into somebody and give yourself some breathing room. But because it's going to be a dogfight every weekend. Like, there's no bad teams in this league anymore, except I guess Wisconsin. I mean, they get three points out of a weekend in Minnesota. That's when, when they were sick when Minnesota came here, and I was like, oh. that's the other factor, yeah. too, is that they had one of their most important series of the year and probably should have been canceled. Yeah. And they just really didn't have a chance to compete. And that's extremely disappointing uh, because if you flip one of those games, mm-hmm. Michigan's bid looks extremely secure. Yeah. And, I mean, even the first game against Ohio State, like, they've got this junior season, which is going to hurt Michigan and Minnesota, in fair, you know, in fairness. But it's going to hit teams that 
send guys to the juniors a lot more than teams that are like, you know, using 26-year-olds all over the place. And so Michigan's got this piece in the middle of the season where it's just like, okay, shut down the program, let's not schedule any games. And then they come back and they haven't played for two weeks. And that first Ohio State game, it was like they, they hadn't played with each other. I, they I don't recognize each other on the ice. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I can subscribe to that because that happened when they went to Penn State. Mm-hmm. They played probably the second worst game I've ever seen them play their first game against Penn State, and then they come back and they win the next night. So it's it's a pattern now where Friday is a problem, mm-hmm. and Saturday they get some things fixed and they, they play pretty well. I guess that's somewhat encouraging, but the initial scout on Michigan is being pretty effective, and then Michigan's making halftime adjustments, yeah, so to speak, and they're coming out a lot better after that. <laughs> I mean, they moved Gavin Brindley to the top line. And that seemed to work out pretty well because Samuskevich is extremely dangerous just on his own, and, and Brindley um, really made a lot of things happen with Fantilli and Duke. So I think yeah. that might be a change that they they keep for a while. Well, I mean, having T.J. Hughes be kind of a surprise too. That's yeah. that's kind of changed the whole outlook because now you have. I mean, the problem going into the season was, oh no, the great center that we recruited to be our number two center is injured, and now well, we don't have. Well, and a- he is supposed to be back at some point. Pretty soon, I don't know exactly what his time frame is, mm-hmm. but depending on how healthy he is and how ready he is to go, adding Frank Nazar back is a potential thing that puts Michigan over the hump here. So, yeah, well that that gives you probably three good scoring lines, and then yeah. you know, I I no nothing against Keenan Draper because I'm a Red Wings fan, I love the Drapers, but like you know, I guess put a stopper down to center that line, and that's your grind line, and then. Um, you know that the the the, the Fantilli line is going to be one of the best in hockey just because it's got Fantilli on it, mm-hmm. and you know you got Dylan Duke on there to kind of like scrap it up a bit, and then you just need somebody to be there with him. Brindley was amazing because his speed in Minnesota's ice is just going to take. It yeah, down. and his like his feed to Fantilli on Friday night where he's able to deke a couple of guys oh, and then open beautiful. up the passing yeah. lane for, for by himself was like, okay, that's the next level stuff. And Brindley is a guy who, if you poke an NHL guy, they're like, oh yeah, I really like him. He's been mm-hmm. playing really well. And then you look, you look at his stats, it's like he hasn't been producing at all. And this change has gotten him to start producing. And so I think you're going to see it stick. Yeah. And he's also one of those little guys that the NHL is sometimes like, eh, you sure? Is he's, it going to be? Like, that's, yeah. that's less uh, less of a factor than it used to be back in the 90s. But yeah, he's, his size is going to hold him back to the late first round probably, but I'll take that. Yeah. That was Brendan Brisson or Thomas Bordalo. I'll take those players, yeah. Yeah. All right. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the MGO Podcast. I'm Seth Fisher along with Brian Cook, and you would have taken the deal too.
Tristan Llewellyn was not going to – no, that's not his name. Tristan? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's an old Michigan hockey defenseman who I had a box of rocks for um, – <clears throat> uh, what the hell was his name? Jalen Llewellyn. Jalen Llewellyn. Thank yes. you. Not Tristan. Got a hockey brain. All right. <clears throat> but tri- – like, I did it again. Jalen Llewellyn is <laughs> – 